This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oh, 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 O'Reilly! You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. Grand Canyon University's RN to BSN online degree program makes earning your bachelor's in nursing possible. Balance online coursework with local in-person clinicals to position yourself for potential leadership opportunities in the time you have from wherever you are, leaving room for what matters. Achieve your goals with your personalized plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast. <laughs> My name's Daniel. Boy Double H. Hello, everyone. It's Carl Anker. We do this podcast every Tuesday. Remember to follow us on Twitter at Talking Tactics. Follow us on Instagram at Talking Tactics. We're on Spotify. If you're over Yay. there, give us a follow. We're on Apple Podcasts. Subscribe. It's free. We're on SoundCloud, too. Hit the hearts over there. If you want to help the podcast out monetarily, we do have a Patreon page that you can check out. Links are all in the description. Have what? Where can people find you on the internet? You can find me at hyperfootballhot.com. Carl, what have you been up to since your last appearance with us? So many things. <laughs> um, yeah, so many things. I, I the the book is going to print. Yep. I've been on nice. Righty's House podcast recently. So check that out. That's on the Ring FC podcast feed, Righty's House. It's available where you get all your good podcasts. There's myself, Ian Wright, Musa Gwanga, Janet Kwache, and Ryan Hun. Um I also recommend the Stadio podcast as well, which is really, really good. Uh, Are they paying us me. for this? Or, 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 you can also or, find my writing. You can also find my writing on the Athletic. Hey. Uh, I, you know, cover Manchester United twice a week, and then I write a general column. You can, my next column will be going out tomorrow morning. About, nice, nice, nice. About the main topic of today, <laughs> and what will most likely be the main topic for the rest of the year and what could possibly be the major topic in football for the next decade really so um as reported first by Tarek Panja from the New York Times at around about half four UK time so midway through Manchester United versus Burnley um Tarek, Tarek Panja put in reports in the New York Times that 12 football clubs across Europe were planning a breakaway league known as the Super League. Um, of these 12 clubs, six of them were the big six or top six in England. Uh, it, this, These 12 founder members also include Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus. They do not include German or French clubs. Uh, but we have 12 football clubs here. I will get you the whole... I got thing. you. It's Manchester City, Manchester United, Arsenal, Liverpool, Chelsea, Tottenham, then you'd have Juventus, AC Milan, and Inter Milan, and then the three Spanish teams, which would be Real Madrid, Barcelona, and Atletico Madrid. This was reported by Tarek 
in New York Times at four o'clock. Um, these questions were then given forth to football managers at the end of the Burnley Manchester United game. Both managers seemed to have no idea what was going on. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, <laughs> in my mind, clearly hadn't been briefed. Uh, traditionally, when I'm in a press conference with Solskjaer, went after a game, it lasts around seven minutes. This lasted around about four minutes. He was very much, I need to get out of here. Um, and we essentially began to wait and wait and wait for the official announcement. So this was a leak and we were waiting for the announcement to be made. The announcement was made UK time a little past 11 o'clock, uh, Spanish time past midnight, Italian time past midnight. But what was the real item is basically six o'clock Eastern time. This announcement was made. Um, the first head of the Super League is the is the Real Madrid president, Florentino Perez. He was supported by Vice Chairman Andrea Angelini, who up until very recently, I'm talking the last 24 sorry my apologies up until very recently he was one of the heads of the ECA so the European Club Association which has very very close ties to UEFA to put into context how close the relationship was between the ECA and Yeli and UEFA uh Seferin Seferin and Yeli is the godfather to Sef Seferin's youngest child um so we so we so backstabbers yeah this is put this in context put this in context (laughs) at four four o'clock you know at four o'clock in the middle of a week uh, middle of a premier league week we found out that six premier league clubs and then six (laughs) other clubs on the continent have decided they're going to create a breakaway league and they're going to do it next season basically the idea is that this is going to be a midweek competition it's going to have these 12 clubs as well as um, a number of teams that could be invited in. Uh, we found out that this league, a competition, or whatever, how you want to call it, would be uh, funded by JP Morgan. Um, yeah. Every single, uh, every the estimate earnings for for the proposed Super League would be at least four hundred and twenty five million dollars. Um, it's. It, it's very, very, very surprising, not only because of the timing late on the Sunday, but also because the day afterwards, so Monday, Monday when we're calling this, we were also supposed to have a vote from UEFA as to the new version of the Champions League. So the Champions League was meant to undergo a set of reforms that would begin in 2024, according to what they were calling the, the Swiss model or, or a more uh, a basketball version of it, which would see six, 16 groups that would play 10 times. Uh, to attend, yeah. You know, sorry, let me get this correct. It would be six, six teams groups in the Champions League that will play to the ten times, and then the top eight will go off into a proper knockout tournament. So that's what happened on Sunday. On Sunday, I couldn't go to bed because I was waiting for the Super League statement. The Super League statement comes out at eleven o'clock. I under, I read the Super League statement and understand and get a grasp of what this competition is. I'm also going. Will this affect what occurs? In the UEFA vote, there's also rumor and conjecture and speculation and briefing and counter briefing that some of the team teams that have agreed for Super League may be barred from European competition this season. There was also conversation that some of these teams or, or players of these teams would not be allowed in UEFA competition, including the World Cup and the European Championship. So that's going on on Sunday. Then we get into the Monday, and it really begins to kick off. So. Not only are we seeing clubs release statements and tweet and whatnot and say Tottenham Hotspur, Liverpool, Arsenal, Manchester United didn't tweet it, but they did release it on their investor page saying that they were uh, founder members of of this 
of this competition. But we also saw every single member or every vice chairman of these clubs, all the owners of these clubs, leave the European Club Association and, and sever ties with UEFA. So Edward Wood left the ECA. He He's disembarked his position from UEFA as well, um, which is really interesting because people in UEFA said, I can't believe this is happening. Edward Wood told me that he was going to vote through these new UEFA schemes for the Champions League. And now he's gone off and done this. Um, and chaos has arrived. Chaos has arrived so much that we didn't even have time to reflect on the fact that early this morning, Jose Mourinho got removed of services in charge of Tottenham Hotspur. This is, this is the, I, I will, I will simply tell you what my boss told me this morning. He said, this is going to be the busiest day of your life and one of the most important days of your life. And you have to report this properly. Good luck. Go out and be brilliant. And this is, make no mistake, this is the most seismic shift in football since the formation of the Premier League or since the the creation of, of the Champions League. This is the this is the biggest change in football in the last 30 years. And even if the Super League doesn't happen, I think it has created something that you can't be put back into the bottle. I think Sunday, the, the 18th of April, 2021, into Monday, the 19th of April, 2021, people will write dissertations and PhDs and theses over what happened to football on those two days and what it meant for not only football, but the wider entertainment sphere and what that means for digital content, e-commerce and, and globalization as a whole. This is a seismic event. And when I say I couldn't sleep, I mean, I could not sleep. I, I, I said in one of the group chats to some other friends, I'm sat here realizing that my job and my life's passion football has been irrevocably changed by some suited men who have no real interest in the game. All right, so so Carl has laid down the facts brilliantly. I don't think we can add anything to that. Those mm. are the facts on the ground as we know them. So what is your initial reaction to hearing all of that? Wait, my initial reaction or my reaction as of now? Both. My initial reaction was anger, was passionate, because I was like, this is not what football is about. Football is about you and that's right to gain entry into these elite competitions. We have to appreciate David. We love Goliath versus Goliath, but we like, we all have to appreciate David. And we do like those David against Goliath stories. And I always root for the underdog. So how do you create this private thing where there's no relegation and we can't see that kind of fairy tale story of an Ajax in the semis or an FC Port to get into the final and, and so forth, or a Leicester City getting in the, in the Champions League? Like, so and that was just my initial reaction. And then afterwards, I was like, half of get real. And why are you surprised that it has gotten to this place? Because, see, I think I've throughout the whole day, because, again, I was doing, because, you know, I, I was doing some corresponding stuff on my on my part-time thing and everything. I'm just trying to break this stuff down. So I had to do, like, research. I just looked at the at the numbers, which, where were the numbers here? Yeah. So let me just give you some, some numbers, guys. <clears throat> If you win the Champions League in a good year, you get 40 to 80 million. Now, that's for me, those numbers don't add up because I know how big the Champions League is. I know how many people watch the Champions League and I know how global this fan base is and how their outreach is. 40 to 80 million for winning it, the numbers don't, don't add up. 
sorry, now, sorry. When, when, you this... say the, when you say the numbers don't add up, what do you mean by that? I'm, I mean that with the amount of value that these clubs bring, the um, the global outreach of their viewership and how popular the Champions League is, you should you should you should be getting far more than forty to eighty million. Why so, do you believe that? Because under this new model, you are going to be giving two hundred and fifty to three hundred mil just for taking part, and it is pure logic, pure logic that this is the biggest sport in the world. The Champions League is one of the most watched sports in, in, in the world. So these clubs are saying that, sorry, we are not getting the proper value or the proper reward for the value that we bring into this um, sport. So whether it's been tied up in TV money, whether it's been tied up into your own pockets or so forth, we are not getting the proper financial reward for the value that our clubs bring in for the biggest sports in the world and one of the most watched sports on the planet. So hence why you look at this new model, which states 250 to 300 mil just for taking parts, and you'll be earning about three times as much as what you get in the Champions League. A region of 200 to 250 million of TV rights. And they said at the moment they are speaking to Amazon, Disney, and so forth. But put that to one side. So as I thought about it, I I was like, half of, of course, we're always going to end up here. And the only people to blame are the Premier League and UEFA. You're to blame for this. <laughs> because you should have realized how valuable these clubs are, realized how popular this sport is, realized you not taking the German model of the 50 plus one rule, which means that the sporters always have the majority and just allowing a wild, wild west cowboy a model to exist where guys can come in and just have full ownership and therefore have carte blanche to do whatever the heck they, 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 they want. But by you not creating a proper financial model that is that respects the value of these clubs as their global brands, they always they were always going to look for an, an alternative. And the pandemic was the catalyst and the perfect excuse. It was mm. a catalyst because it's like, uh, bro, we're not getting any money because no, nobody's coming to the stadiums. We need to look for an alternative. And also, it's like the perfect excuse of like, hey, look, we have to do something. So, hey, COVID. And you look at the um, model of movies, of how movies suffered big time. I was looking forward to Dune coming forward this December, because I've, you know, I've read the book, Thriller Looks Fire, Denny Villeneuve, man, Dune has gone. But they were like, man, we can't bring out Dune because nobody's going to go, so we're not going to get our, our money back. Black Widow has been what, pushed back for how many months? Because you know, you're not going to get um, the value back based on how much money that you've put into these films that are upwards of 100 to 150 million. So what did they do? Well, let, let's, let's look at this whole HBO Max. Everyone is at home, subscription mo model. And the amount of money HBO Max has gotten is astronomical, <laughs> you know. So these guys are saying, now, wait a minute. Streaming. Our clubs are supported globally. I have a responsibility to the global fan base, not the fan base in North London, not the fan base in Manchester, where we respect you. 
and so forth. Of course, we respect you, but I'm sorry, Manchester United is supported globally, not just by guys in Manchester. And you don't own the club. You're not more real than the United fan in China, in China the United fan in Canada, the United fan in South Africa. <laughs> you know? So the reason that if we create this model, which is going to um, give us far more finance, first of all, help us through COVID, and give us the finances that we believe this institutions that we own deserve. And we are going to be giving the consumers what these guys at the end of the day, they've always wanted this. The global consumer of these clubs have always wanted something like this. Hope I've, so I, I love the fact you said that because I've just written a column that's going to go live on The Athletic arguing the opposite to that. That will be out on Tuesday mm. as, as to, so what, a lot of what you've said is very, very good. And there are two or three things that I'm like, okay, you're conflating two issues here, but I, I get what you're saying. Um, so your, argue, your your conversation about how much money you get for winning the Champions League. So next, next, I think it's very important to place that in a wider context of how much money these football clubs make in general, right? So you win 40 million for winning the Champions League. For winning the Champions League. That's, that's the money you get at the end of the competition. Well done. There's your trophy. There's your 40 million. You also get loads more money for just being in the Champions League, right? There's other, you get broadcast money, you get the gate receipts. You have to understand every single home game, a team of, uh, of with a stadium that's around, you know, more than 40,000 people, you, you're bringing in more or less 2 million every single home game when there's fans. Um, so while I understand the point you're making about this, the Super League has money that absolutely dwarfs the money that you is currently offering, <laughs> right? It's, it is... It is an astonishing amount of money that is being put on the table by JP Morgan right now. And you can say, if you want to be just a, a rampant hypercapitalist, like, yeah, of course, why wouldn't you go there? Uh, and I, I really enjoy that point you said about the value that isn't being appreciated. And yes, there, sh there should have been greater checks and balances put in by the Premier League and put in by UEFA. Absolutely. I understand exactly what we're saying about the 50 plus one. That makes sense. But the moment you went value in terms of global brand instead of value as a football club is where I think we, you know, this part a little bit like the end of that Fast and Furious movie, where's Vin Diesel and Paul Walker. I think there, I can understand the financial implications of what you're suggesting and what you've said there about the, the fan and how you're going for the global market makes sense. Right. So right now in Manchester, you, it's very unlikely Manchester United can do anything to get more Manchester United fans in Manchester. You know, it, it's very unlikely Manchester United can do anything to get more Manchester United fans in England. Mm. Um, it is, uh, you know, similarly, it's very unlikely Manchester City can do that. It's very unlikely you can do that. And if, if you are a man of finance, if you're a man of accountant, if you're a man of marketing and you reach a level where your consumer base is just maxed out, what do you do? You tend to make a new product and you tend to take it to new markets. And we've always done this, right? Manchester United are where they are for some time because in the early 90s when Liverpool were taking tours to Sweden and Dublin and Norway where they were historically really, really popular in the 80s, Manchester United went, oh, China's an interesting market. India's an interesting market. Oh, Nigeria's an interesting market. Let's go there. Let's market ourselves there. Let's get those customers. So I, I, again, I can understand why you're saying this is... I don't want to use the word logical, but I can understand where where the line, the through line you're going for. So you, you make a new competition. And I think on some level, there is space for a competition 
a new competition in new markets and whatnot. And, you know, we've, we've talked about the Phoenix League. We've talked about different kinds of Super Leagues. We've talked about the 39th Premier League game being played in China. We've seen, we've just seen now Copa del Rey, um, no, the, the Super Cup in, in Spain being played in, in Dubai and, what, uh, and I, I believe Saudi Arabia as well. So I think so. we've also seen not only has the Premier League been trying to expand their global game and, and, and broadcast into new areas, but we've also seen the other leagues try and catch up, right? If you want a really good example of a football club going, we have to get the global market, look at Juventus. They've changed the badge. They changed the kit. They went from not Cristiano Ronaldo. They've, they've gone out for this global fan. And on some level, I can understand why you're doing it. But on another level, I'm going, why are you doing that? Can are I, you can not I, making enough money? Can I answer your question? And this oh. is especially specific to Juventus and Manchester United. These are publicly traded companies. You can buy stock in the Milan stock market of, of Juventus. Like I'm, I don't know what the English stock market is called, but you can purchase stock in Manchester United. And I'm told today that Juventus stock today was up as much as 15 or 16 percent. Yeah. Yep. Manchester United stock today was up upwards of six, seven, eight, nine percent because the investors see this as oh, exactly what you guys were saying. We need to break new ground, and if this Super League is the mode to get us there, then we feel confident in that move. We invest in the club. So, and I've. I swear when we've talked about the Super League before, I've brought this up. But the moment you create the avenue for stock investing, there is no stop. There is no morality here. There is. We, 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 we are beholden to these shareholders, and we have to do everything in our power by hook or crook to make sure that we maximize this brand that we've created. So once FIFA, UEFA allow these clubs to be publicly traded commodities... There is no morality anymore. The game's gone then, not yesterday. I, so again, I'm, I'm toing and froing in this argument because I, I can understand where you're coming from in that it is very hard to stop incremental death by a thousand cuts. And mm. they're absolutely, I hear that point too. And, and there absolutely has been incremental changes and shifts and rampant hyper capitalism affecting football, right? You know, hope is a little bit older than the two of us and he talks about the and he talks about the european cup right happy Hope. birthday by the way you haven't been on here since you know your birthday so happy birthday welcome thank you i'm 30 now so hopes talked oh. about the Euro hopes talked about the european cup right and hope tells me about the european cup when it was only the champions of your league getting into the European Cup and the Champions League was formed because Silvio Berlusconi once, I, I believe he saw a game between Real Madrid and Napoli on TV and went why is this being offered up so cheaply we need to find a way to make more money and hey, I hate that guy so much bro. That, that's, that's like <laughs> that's the, that's the ap apocorial story I, I, I've got that. that's like that's the urban legend and I, I can get that right, I, thank you I, I can get that right a, cl <laughs> a club a club and I'm going to be really careful here because I don't want it to feel like I'm picking on anyone. Don't get fired. Um, no, no, it's in because so there are six there are six English teams in in the Super League, and you have to make sure you don't constantly mention one more than the other because you don't want to seem like you're picking. Yeah, yeah. So a club like let's take a club like Arsenal, for example. Arsenal have won. The, you know, in, since 1992, Arsenal have won the Premier League three times. They, but they've qualified, but they've qualified for the Champions League twenty. You know, um, 
they sometimes have had to qualify using qualifiers. Sometimes had to qualify using qualifiers. Sorry, that's awkward. Fourth place qualifiers, but Arsenal's route to the Champions League has often been smoother than that than compared to one of say FC Cluj or Slavia Prague or Panathinaikos because of the checks and balances afforded to them by UEFA by saying even though you're not the champion of England because English football brings in so many more eyeballs we're going to allow you extra stuff and that that's not I'm going to use air quotes for it fair right there was a there possibly was a point in European football when it was fairer and more egalitarian and the last 20 30 years we've seen numerous checks and balances and what you saw um i say two seasons ago where uefa basically ratified the top four for all of the leagues well mm. the top four in england yeah. spain and and germany and I you don't even Italy. have to do qualification anymore yeah and you don't have to do <laughs> qualification and that that felt i i think i was on the podcast I think it was on an early episode of Talk, Talking Tactics where I, went, I, I said that feels like one of the very last things that's going to happen before we get the Super League. It felt as if UEFA going, look, this is the last thing I can give you. But if you take it any further, you're going to have to go away on your own. And what you've seen is, is these clubs do it on their own. And look, I, not only are we saying this after the Super League, but also UEFA have now done their own revamp of the Champions League into this Swiss version that is a mess. Because what we what we what we are now looking at is what Hope has said. We're looking at these clubs, looking at their value, not as football clubs, not as places of community, not as things for for fans, but as brands, as global brands, as as Mm. going for this global market. And I think one one question needs to be asked is: Does this fan exist yet, or are we just saying they exist in the hope that you're going to build it later on? The fan does exist, and the reason why I say that the fan does exist is I talk from experience in terms of my channel. (laughs) (laughs) No, don't laugh. Don't laugh. No, no, no. Don't laugh. No, 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 no. I know know you're laughing. I know people that switch clothes. Yeah, so my thing is about this is that just from my experience of the kind of people that my thing is that this is why I'm viewing it so differently, which is why this is this has been such a fascinating last 24 hours or so. Because I sort of actually can't understand what people are saying. So I'm looking at Neville and Carragher, and I'm like, man, this is really emotional. But I actually don't understand what you're saying. Because in my mind is the fan in Nigeria, or thing like that, who, if Arsenal lose, this guy will almost try and kill himself, and so forth. They don't. I'm, and this just let's just let's just be real. The fan, the Arsenal fan in Nigeria, doesn't give a damn about West Brom. Doesn't give a damn about Norwich or so forth. He cares about Arsenal, and he will live and die based on if Arsenal win or lose, because he is Arsenal through and through. And that fan exists in America, in India, in Canada, in okay, China, okay. in Japan. You- wait, 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 wait. So these guys all exist around. So. Don't you think these guys have done their research? These are businessmen. They will not go into a venture like this on the hope of, man, do they? They would have done their research. They'd have done um, focus groups, and they say no, no, because they know that. Because I know, I know they exist. So I'm sure these guys who are, who have far more experts and are, who have far more people that that they pay to actually do the markets research for something like this, know for sure that these. This year, Manchester United, 
you have a massive fan base. You create a subscription model and you and you they pay for each month to to watch these guys every week or every other week, you are gonna be swimming in cash. Super League Plus. Right. There we okay. go. Okay, okay. And I I feel really bad because I'm just giving away my entire article and it's not come out yet. <laughs> I I I I really understand where you're coming from in that you you've seen it, right? And I'm you know I'm vaguely aware of TikTok. I can see the following on TikTok. I understand Manchester United have something like two million followers on TikTok. Um, I there I understand the idea that there is a fan out there, a new untapped resource or fan that can be mobilized and that can buy in to your brand if you create a nice new shiny product. Mm. I don't know if there's enough of them, and you can you can focus group it. And you can say this and that. You can have all your men in suits say there's enough, but, and this is, this is the, this is also harks to what you're talking about, hope, where you say you don't understand it because they're getting emotional, right? There is there is an emotion to football. You cannot treat football fans like a, a traditional consumer in the same way of movies or or consumers of television or or consumers of of, of food, right? So. Let's give an example. I I like I like the Marvel movies, okay? And I really like the Marvel movies. If one if at some point in time if one the character if one of the characters in the Marvel movie just got no um if one of the actors got recast out of nowhere, and not because they've done something bad or they've done something this, but simply the person that plays Falcon got recast because he got offered more money to go do um, the DC movie. Mm. I'd go. That's weird. <laughs> and if that new and if that new actor came in and was not as good, I'd probably go. I don't want to watch this TV show no more. In football, if my team Manchester United have a player that goes to Real Madrid, and the new player that comes in isn't as good as the player that replaced them, I'm not going to stop supporting Manchester United. You know, my, football fans are, are sticky. You can change. It's this idea that you get your football club at quite a young age and then you stick with it until the rest of your life. And the, mm. you're not going to change. It's not like if they change the recipe to Coca-Cola, I'm gonna, if they change the recipe to Diet Coke, I want to stop drinking Diet Coke. They can change the recipe to Manchester United. I'll probably keep putting money in towards Manchester United. Um, they can change the main actor of a film of, or a film series. And I'll go, that's weird. I don't want to watch this TV show anymore. They can change the manager of a football club and I'll probably keep supporting the football club. You know, mm. it, this is... Football fans are, are uniquely sticky. Um, you know, I think the only comparable sort of fandom or following football has is, is basically religion. You know, you get it at a young age and, and while your interest may dwindle in and out, it, providing the thing doesn't too badly mess up what they're doing, you are going to be there or thereabouts until you are eventually finished, um, which is... <laughs> You can say finished in terms of death, or, or, or say finished in terms. Oh, of I got it. okay. Yeah, yeah. I hear. It. I hear. It. But, but that, that's weird, right? So when you say when you say next, take the emotion out. I don't think you can take the emotion out of football fan, right? I at some point think about this. At some point in time, I was six years old and I watched the game of football and I watched Eric Cantona score a goal and I went that team. And I have put hundreds of thousands of pounds into that team because of some, because of an event that happened when I was six years old. Hundreds of thousands. Where are you getting this money from, bro? 
I mean, I've been on this planet. <laughs> yeah. And then, and then it's the idea that not only will that money keep going, but that money will keep going because I'll probably have children and go, we, we support this. And that's, mm. that's, that only works be, when you factor in the emotional element of football, when you factor in the emotional content of football, when you talk Can about... Can I add something? Oh, finish, finish, finish. When you talk about... And this is why, this is why, this is why the Super League hurts a lot for fans of some of the clubs in there, right? Because some of the fans of this or, or, of the teams in the Super League talk about the emotion and the community and talk about how they it means more. You know, Liverpool have the branding. This means more, and, and you'll never walk alone. Barcelona say it's more than the club. Um, Manchester United also talk about you know the, you know this is Manchester United. We're about glory. Um, Tottenham Hotspur had Danny Blanchfeld said this is about winning things. You can make your own jokes there, but there is for if you look at the lineage of some of these football teams, some of these football teams are over hundred years of hundred years old, and they either have links to to like the local church or or factory workers or a union or or, or railway tracks. Right, this is a place of community and people. And they, and they constantly say, we are about community and people. And even now the community is bigger than Manchester and it's the world, we still care about you. And yes, I know part of that is marketing off, but the Super League is, and I, I cannot stress this enough, the Super League is people far away, more looking at laptop screens, more interested in stock market prices and, and focus groups going, absolutely fuck you. I'm I'm sorry for swearing on this podcast, but I have to. I'm so it's it is the most egregious double middle fingered up to from the owners of these football clubs. I'm saying the owners. I'm not saying the managers or the players or whatever. It is very much the owners. It, you know, you read these statements. Joel Glazer has not been to a Manchester United game in over two years. He's not given an interview to MUTV or, or Manchester United Press in the same amount of time. But I can see him at the Super Bowl celebrating with the Tampa Tampa Ray. Buccaneers and whatnot, and then yesterday he talks about the spirit of competition in the Super League, and he's so proud to bring the Super League to Manchester United, and he's so proud that this competition that doesn't have relegation or promotion is a thing and will be for the betterment of everyone. It's galling. This person who has been hidden away from us and used a leveraged takeover has now decided I want even more money. Can I add something here where I was listening to Agnelli's, I don't know if he was like being recorded off a, a computer or whatnot, but he was he was sitting there and he was listing statistics and I wrote some of them down and it kind of goes to the point that I think you guys were, were saying. And I'd, of course, he's, he's not showing his research here, so I don't know where they're getting these statistics from. They could be pulling them from their ass, who knows, but he said one third of people or football fans these days support more than one club or they support two clubs that 10% of football fans support players and not clubs and two thirds of football fans follow football because of FOMO or fear of missing out rather than, I don't know, some actual devotion to their club. Now I don't, I'm not sure about that last one, but the idea that one third, if their statistics are, be, are to be believed, of football fans support more than one club. That's kind of crazy, which would kind of like, where are you going to find these new fans? I guess they're thinking if we put our club against another big club, maybe we could gain another, oh, I support Juventus and I support whichever team. We can become somebody's number two club, and that's better than them not associating with us at all. 
and it's so a my, product. But my question would be, why? Why? Why do you need to do that? Because their stocks are up. I looked it up, eighteen percent today. <laughs> somebody made my, somebody but, made money. But again, but again, that's why? a fifth of their value. But, but so this is so this is the thing. Yes, you've you've increased your stock price. Yes, you've made more money. Why 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 are you doing that? Why not? If you're a businessman, why? So if because I, there's there's no there's no morality in business. I don't think. But yes. why? But there, there but there is morality in sport. There should be. No, there no there always has been morality in sport, and to to varying degrees, and sometimes in it goes the, in, in and out. And look, club and f- f- football. You're saying there's morality in club in the modern club football. There's more more morality in club football. This, this is the, why it, the, the Super League game. annoys people because this is blatant. It it's shoving yes, it, in it, your it, face it, what this sh- thing has always been. Yes. So I've just done a, I've just done a, a long Twitter thread about this, and I mean, if you just allow me to say it out loud. Um, <laughs> Look, I say I say this is really difficult because it's difficult because the Super League removes the competitive element, so there's no relegation and promotion. But also, it shatters the idea that morality exists in sport or morality exists in football. And I can see, you know, we've we've joked on this podcast about certain things. You know, we all make set bladder jokes on this on this podcast. We had a whole section called heroes and villains. We've talked about the ills of UEFA. We've talked about the ills of FIFA. We've talked about how Papa Sepp under this. He's not involved. Absolutely. I mean. <laughs> How how can you say this is UEFA's and the Premier League's fault, but Seb Black can't Seb Black is exempt he because because he brought a World Cup to Africa. That's why. Trump card. No no pun intended. You know how I feel about Seb Black, but <laughs> but we've you know I I feel as if this podcast has been very good at removing the artifice of football and understanding. You know, part of the, this podcast sometimes goes it is what it is, but. Yeah. Part of this podcast also believes in competition, right? One, there's there's genuine thrill in this podcast when we talk about title races. And mm. there's been sadness on this podcast when we talked about the lack of a title race, right? There have been multiple episodes where we've talked about it's really boring that Juventus have won this many leagues in a row. It's really boring buying win this many leagues in a row. We're going to get hope, have hopes use, Have hopes use the word irrelevant when, when clubs are topped by January and you think it's a done deal. And we've spoken about before about how what happens when... Daniel can see the analytics when we stop talking about the top six in the Premier League or the Champions League. Apparently, the numbers dip, so we know that our our listeners are to an extent fans of the top one percent. So I, I I can I think it's very very cynical to say, well, this is just more of a one percent. What can you complain about? But I think it's really 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 sad mm. that this competition is invented because it, it it truly smashes the idea that if you get all your ducks in a row if you work really hard if you can exploit the inefficiencies in the transfer market if you if you can be a good coach that you maybe can do you all can. the right things and it's not if good you can enough. do it right and that's and that is really painful and I, it really hurt me last night you know when you're, you're mad about football but you're not really mad about football you're mad because what you've just seen in football shows you something else in life mm. that's what the super league announcement showed me right and when I said, you know, it's my job and my passion has been irrevocably changed by some billionaires. I I know, I know that on some level, my life is just at the whims of some venture capitalists and billionaire people in different places who don't know my name. But basically, I'm just someone on the spreadsheet. I know I once didn't get fired from a job because the venture capitalists that own my job didn't open the next tab on a spreadsheet and didn't see my name there when they were firing people i know i have been removed from a job 
because it was January and I know the company involved likes to balance the books before the new financial year. So it tends to cut 10% off every single time, right? I, I know rich people. I know that thanks to the, you know, hyper-capitalism and, and deep, so, you know, destabilization and the last 10, 15 years of austerity, rich people can get bored and just go, we're going to do this. But I choose to not believe that. I choose to push that to the back of my mind because if I, if I just you know let the void consume me, what's the point in getting up in the morning, right? I know, I know, I know that this pandemic season of football is only truly going on because it keeps the lights on for people, right? I, we we shouldn't have had fo- a football for a whole year without fans. We know that it it is it is not as good as football with fans, and, and we should have put things away and focused on more, on more serious issues. But we decided there's too much money to be made or or lost, and too many jobs to be lost, so we decided to keep going. But we told ourselves we had to do this for the entertainment of people, right? We told ourselves that people need an outlet, right? I've spent the last year when I haven't been able to see my mom, when I haven't been able to see my brother. And I know the only reason I'm doing it is because I need to pay rent. But I've told myself I'm doing this because there are other people out there who can't see their friends, who can't see their family, who need football. And that's why I throw myself into my work the way I do. That's why I write the way I write, because I'm writing. Sometimes it's one o'clock in the morning and I'm writing going, I could stop here, but there's someone waking up tomorrow morning who probably hasn't got much else on. And if I can give this extra bit of detail, maybe I can give them a smile when they don't have a smile. The Super League shatters all that, right? We we had we had we we had we had a fake. We, we kind of we had a sense of commu- we football has a sense of community to it. And yes, sometimes it wavers and sometimes it doesn't quite work. I saw one tweet today, and it really, really, really got to me. It was. It was Manchester City's food bank support, right? It was the fans at Manchester City who help run the food bank outside Manchester City ground. And they said they were disgusted with their club and urged Manchester City to reconsider and hope the plans that condemned by all the fan groups and will pull out from the Super League. And I, I know it's not perfect, right? There was a point, I know it's not perfect. I know that we, there shouldn't be food banks in the United Kingdom. There absolutely shouldn't be food banks. There's enough money. There's enough resources. But some billion, some very rich people decided, you know what? F it. We're going to do this austerity and, and people are going to suffer and children are going to starve. And then we had to build community around it to cover up the gaps. And I think the Super League just reinforces that we can try as much as we can to build community and try and make football something more. But at any point in time, these, these rich people can take their ball and go home. And that is deeply, deeply deeply offensive deeply saddening and i don't think i don't think there's any moral are you, i don't i don't think you can watch the european super league morally i don't think you can say it's a i don't think i don't think i don't think you, i don't think I, you can say you can say i'm going to watch it because it's going to be high quality i i don't think you can say i'm going to watch it because it's fine what do you mean but defined fine as in as in i i'll try and put this the European, I keep calling it the European Super League, even though it's just called the Super League. The Super League exists because some rich people, the Super League exists because some rich people want to make more money. Doesn't and the Champions League exist for that same reason though, Carl? And nobody has a problem with this. To, to an extent, and people do have a problem with the Champions League. And we've spoken about our problems with the Champions League on this podcast, so I disagree there. We've spoken well, about Well, uh, yeah, okay, I shouldn't speak in absolute, but... And, and we've spoken about our problems with the Champions League. Hope keep, That's why Hope calls it the European Cup. That's why Hope 
puts the World Cup on the pinnacle, right? Hope has been very adamant about the problems with the Champions League, the problems with qualification and the problems in how it discludes certain clubs. And that's why I like Hope. And that's why Hope said, when Hope says Ibar and other La Liga clubs that aren't the top La Liga clubs, I'm like, thank you. That's nice, right? Because Hope, Hope thinks about Spanish clubs that aren't Real Madrid and Barcelona. And he talks about that. So... I it's so easy. I get basically Carl represents literally all of the videos I've been watching for most of the day. And you see, let me go back to the points I said that of course I understand the emotion of football, but I have actually sort of gone through stages of acceptance. No, no, no. A learning process of... Because this has been a fascinating 24 hours because I'm like, oh my gosh, this is how I view football. Because as I'm looking at people and you talk about community and so forth, let's even go back to, to Chelsea. Why do I support Chelsea? I don't support Chelsea because of its history. I don't support Chelsea because of the fans. I don't fit, I, 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 I don't I don't feel a kinship with the Chelsea fanship. You don't, don't agree with your culture, Harpo? Nope, I don't agree with their culture. I supported Chelsea for two reasons. First reason was Gianfranco Zola was my favorite player. And because I was a Nigerian coming into England and I faced racism from English people who didn't like foreigners and I sort of stuck with other foreign pe- people, I was attracted to, oh my gosh, there's a club with Gospoye, Dan Petrescu, Babayaro, Marcel Desai, Tori Andre Flo, Zola, all these foreign guys banded together in one place, I just felt a kinship through there. So that's my connection with, with Chelsea. Not, oh, the history, the friendship. I don't know that stuff. And once I now found out about the culture and so forth, when I used to work at Parsons Green and so forth, I was like, oh yeah, these guys are racist. Oh yeah, they sing about gassing, about, about gassing Jews because they are rivals of Tottenham Hotspur. Oh, okay, so this is how these Chelsea fans really are. Okay, oh, cool, interesting. So you don't care that Peter Osgood's ashes are buried under the shit and penalty spot? You know, look, well, like, okay, if it was good, you know, like, you know, may his soul rest in peace, may his soul rest in peace. Man. Um, yeah. So, so my thing here is um, I can acknowledge and I can empathize when Neville talks about, you know, Manchester United, the history and the club and so forth. I can empathize with that, but I've got to be realistic of how I view football. Mm. And I view football in the terms of this is a sport that I've been playing since, since, 93, 94, where I love watching it, I love playing it, I love thinking about it, I love discussing it, I love de- debating it. And as when I was younger, I watched every single football match. When I was younger, every single football match, I watched preseason, anything, anything, I watched it. As I grew older, I realized that no, I want to see the best. I will still see the average game here, but no, I, I've got to be honest with myself. I want to see the very best because seeing the very best for the sports that I play, I'm like, wow, you marvel at guys doing something you love, but at the very best and optimum level. That is something you admire, that is something you enjoy, and that is something that makes you go, wow. Like, watching Messi score that goal against Athletic Bilbao, it's like, oh my gosh, wow. Okay, okay. So, you know, so, 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 wait, 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 wait. wait. So, 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 my thing here is you have to realize that things change. Things evolve. To people really thinking that the biggest spot in the world was going to remain as is for all time, you're not living in the real world. The fact that this was so popular 
it was always going to get. And do you know what started this? USA ninety four. USA ninety four was interesting. The, was the beginning point because I, I remember USA ninety four watching it in Nigeria. I remember that um, opening ceremony. I remember how much of a big deal that was because I was like, my gosh, this is. Because obviously I was too young for 1990. 94 was my was the first World Cup that that, that that I saw. But I remember how America went full blown with that opening ceremony and how crazy it was. And Americans were like, "Man, this some this is pretty crazy." Because you saw a little bit when Pele went to the MLS and so forth. But USA 94, them hosting this thing called the World Cup, guys were like, "Oh no, no, this is something interesting." And Americans have always had it in their backlog of, "Yes, I have my NBA, my NFL." But this football thing is different. These fans of this sport is different. The way that this, you don't, the passion you get from NBA fans, NFL baseball fans, not like football fans. And these guys don't, no, no, no. We have not really reached the full potential of what this thing can, can, can be. We haven't. Because this thing is global. And I keep saying, this thing keeps, with each year, this sport gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and more and more and more people get into it, you know. So we were always going to end up here. It was always a matter of time. I, we we didn't. And I think I think that's defeatist, right? I can I can understand your point that it was gonna get bigger. And I can understand, I can see where you came from when you were watching, you know, USA ninety-four and, and you could see, oh, thought it was gonna get global. And I, I can understand you saying it's getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And we've been on this podcast before and we've talked about the power Nigeria might have in terms of winning World Cups. We've been on this podcast and talked about how India might be powerful. We've been on this podcast and we've talked about how Japan and you know their their plan for winning a, a World Cup in possibly a hundred years. We've been on this podcast and we talked about China and how they might take football seriously. And we've talked about how football will change. Football did not have to change in this way and it did not have to reach this point and it did not have to be a done deal. And you Who are would correct. Have stopped it? Who would have you, stopped it though? Like you the are, people? You are you are correct, all of you. You know, Pope's been correct in talking about 50 plus one. You've been correct in saying UEFA's been doing certain things. And yes, there's been negligent handling of things from the governing bodies. And we've been critical of those governing bodies on this podcast for various times. Yes. So it wasn't it wasn't inevitable because we fought against it. And we fought against it multiple times on this podcast. And people have fought against this loads of times. And I think that also hurts. That's another reason why the Super League hurts is because they've done it now when the fans aren't in the stadium where people can't gather, where people, we have to wear masks and be social distanced. Because as Gary Neville said just before Leeds versus Liverpool, if this was happening when fans were in the ground, every single game for the next week would be booed. There'd be a march from when Liverpool play Manchester United in the coming weeks, there'd be people marching down towards Old Trafford, making a statement, right? There would be anger. And it this feels particularly craven and cynical because 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 of the way it's happening in the you know they've exploited our weaknesses in the pandemic right mm. and i hope said it you know your the way you've just spoken there on about what angeli angelini was 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 saying about fan and nearly and nearly and and yelly and i don't i don't i don't like saying the man's name because he might <laughs> i don't like saying his name because as far as i'm concerned he's ruined football balake What's that? What's that skit where the dude pronounces on a a a Ron? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, the fish. Um, and I think that's what really hurts is not only do they spend the whole year saying, "Don't worry, we're gonna keep making football to entertain you because it's about community," but then they've gone, "No, it's about money." And 
that poll that you've explained there, it felt as if if you all those findings about having two teams or supporting players or whatever, it felt as if rather than just have that information go, okay, that's good. What do we do next? It felt as if the next feeling from those people was, how do we exploit that? And it feels like exploit. It feels like exploitation. It feels as if people who have who have never truly loved football or never truly loved football in the way that a lot of people love football. And I'm not I'm not talking in terms of community and the historical bit of of, of football in in the way of, of Chelsea that hopes described. But I'm talking about like just seeing a good bicycle kick, you know? <laughs> like a good bicycle kick or a good diving header or all those or those nice funny things when you know someone takes a goal kick and the, the guys behind go, your shit. Ah! Those ridiculous things about football. Stan Kroenke doesn't care about that stuff, right? We know one member of the Glazer family once Wayne Rooney scored a penalty and one member of the Glazer family when watching them from Manchester United went, who gets that ball? Can we find that ball, get Rooney to sign it and sell it? Right? These people don't care about football in the way that millions and possibly billions of people care about. These people don't care about the global fan in the way they say they care about the global fan. They don't care about whether or not they enjoy Manchester United or how they enjoy Manchester United. What they care is, can they be sticky enough to give us money so that we can pay off the JP Morgan money when that dries up? Mm. This isn't... No, I agree. This is is nasty hyper-capitalism and we should fight it with every single fibre of us. So it, it doesn't have to be inevitable. I was I was talking earlier with my dad, right? And he was kind of he brought up a COVID point, like maybe this happened because of COVID. And then we kind of got into a discussion. Like my dad doesn't really watch football like that anymore. But I was talking to him about, you know, I was trying to explain kind of how the Champions League is and what the Premier League is, because like he's been under the game probably for like 30 years at this point. So I told him the, the Champions League is basically the European Cup. And I saw his face light up. He's like, oh, yeah, I remember that. And I was like, the, the, the Premier League is basically the English first division. And he was like, and I saw his face light up again. He's like, oh. So then that kind of made it make sense. And it made me realize, not that I hadn't thought about this before, but what we consider normal or the status quo is not necessarily what has always been. I was born in 1990. I have no idea what it's like to watch the European Cup or the English First Division. I was brought up where the Champions League is normal and we understand how that works and we understand how the Premier League works. Just because that's how it is now, there was a process that happened before I was born, before I had consciousness, that was putting in motion the building blocks for something like this to occur. Once the Premier League decided, I think it was the... I think it was called like the big five at the time, like in the early nineties, because half hope brought up 1994 as like maybe the point of demarcation or, or whatever that phrasing is. We could look at 1990 and the first, I think meeting of Liverpool, Everton, Spurs, Arsenal, United, they decided the way that the football uh, pyramid in England is working based off, you know, we could talk about Hillsborough, we could talk about the Heisel disaster, all these types of things. It's not working well enough. We need to create a new system. And that's what they did. And they changed what was over 100 years of history and they made thing a thing called the Premier League and they let people bid on it, which is why it's slightly rich from people from Sky Sports who are kind of like, I can't believe the game is gone. You guys bought the original Premier League for like, I think 300, 400 million pounds, whatever it was. But where, where we are right now, 
can be traced back to things that happened before we were even existing. Does that make yes. sense? I say in you know in the same way that we are living in a world. So I'm I'm living in a United Kingdom that still is reverberating with the echoes of Thatcherism. In the same way that you're living in the United States that's still dealing with many of the effects of Reaganism, right? But that doesn't mean that does not mean that does not mean things happening to you in your life right now you should accept. Oh no 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 no! I'm not making that point. I'm I'm making the point that you can fight it as much as you want, but these the the systems that are in place are legacy systems. They're in place for a reason. It's not to say you can't yes, change it. Fun. You have to fight. You have to fight. You must. You, the the it feels weird using this quote because it was you know used by Ford when he was busting a union, but <laughs> I think. But I think you have to fight and you have to create a union. You have to fight until hell freezes over. And then when hell freezes over, you have to fight on but, the ice. Okay, Carl, what are we fighting for? We're fighting for the idea that competition can exist in football. We're fighting for the idea. So let's look at the Premier League right now. No, no, okay. Maybe okay. what is, is is a bad question. Let's, no, what do you mean who? Who Who's are we fighting, fighting for? We're, we're fighting for the idea of competition. We're fighting for the idea of... So this, so what's the, can I pause you quickly? Because I figured you would say something along. Okay, if we look at the competition, and obviously this is the talking tactic trope, but let's let's do it. Juventus have won nine of nine. Bayern have won eight of eight. PSG have won seven of eight, and, and these are all in their respective leagues. In La Liga, we can say, oh, there's a title race every season. Fifteen of the last sixteen seasons, it's either been Barcelona, or Madrid. Premier League, the most competitive league in the world. Blah blah blah. And let's just go ahead and include the Manchester City title in this season. The past 17 seasons, 15 of the last 17 champions have either been Manchester United, City, or Chelsea. That's a three-team league. So what competitiveness are we actually protecting by the way that the system is currently set up? Now, I'm not saying that the European Super League is the solution, but I'm saying you're fighting against the European Super League. Cool. But what is the alternative that we replace it with? We just keep things as they are, which it's no, already no, broken. No, no, yes, yes, they are, right? And this is why this is why I keep talking about previous episodes of Talking Tactics, because there's been episodes of this podcast where I've talked about wealth distribution, right? There's been episodes where I said, Hope, you keep talking about Juventus, but you're zooming out. If you you know zoom in a little bit more, we can talk about Napoli and how look where Napoli were 15 years ago. They were in Serie C, right? They were in Serie C. They were in 2003, and then they had their very eccentric ch uh, chairman buy that club for a little bit of money after he came off the set with Jude Law and Angelina Jolie in a movie. And he put money into that team, and he developed, and he built, 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 and he built. And yeah, maybe they didn't win Serie A. They won the Coppa Italia. Did you see Koulibaly's face when he held the Coppa Italia trophy? This isn't the Serie A, bro. <laughs> it's something, though. It's, but, yeah, but, I mean, it's something, but it's not the Answer the question. Did you see Koulibaly's face when he held that trophy? I don't need to see his face. Yes, you do. Because, no, yes, no, you no, do. no. Because his face it's is actually, really... Actually, actually I, I, I don't have a recollection of that, if I'm honest. You have, you have to look at his face, because that face, that is the important thing. That is the thing that the Super League... Essentially, nah, you're being too sentimental, Carl. You're being way too sentimental. Football is sentiment! This entire thing is sentiment. Why? Why on earth? Why on earth would I spend... Why think about this right now? Think about this really, really hard. I am paid money to go and watch a game played by millionaires for the entertainment of other people. Why? Why does my job exist? 
what people is this podcast? Would, because what people is, love, love, what is, love football. There what, is, there what, is what, an appetite for it. What, what is enjoyment, if not sentiment? Enjoyment comes in several different ways. Yeah, I see. En- see? En- see? Enjoyment, en- en- enjoyment isn't a slave to send sentiments, you know? Enjoyment comes in various different ways, various different ways. You, you, you cannot say I'm being too sentimental when, when the entire thing that holds us all together, the reason why I do my job, the reason why you do your job, Dan, the reason why you end up writing for Beach Report, the reason why this podcast exists, the reason why, the reason why I enjoy coming on this podcast. There was a point in my life when I had nothing, right? I got fired illegally. I had absolutely nothing to do. And you invite me to come on this podcast. And there were points where I went, eh, maybe I won't keep doing talking tags maybe i will but i went you know what i like football i like talking to these people and i know that no matter what happens in my week if nothing goes right i at least did one thing that was productive and was nice right this is all about sentiment this entire thing we enjoy called football is about sentiment and now the Super it, League is sentimentality goes, it's about attached to the league that you play in it's attached to some the kid idea that was of, our age when we were just getting into football, like let's say six, seven, eight years old. In five years, when the Super League is at its peak, if the if the Super League is the first thing that they watch, they're gonna have the same sentimentality that we did or we do to the Champions League. How can you have sentimentality for a competition that has no relegation or and no and no promotion? They How won't say- know any different. The same way that we didn't know the European Cup or no, the it's, it's or the, the English way. First Division. It's not the same way. It is not the same way because Carl, you, because Carl, you can't it, say that. Not, why why can't people just enjoy football? I'm here to people, watch football. People so will get it. used to it. Hey, and and look, of course Carl, they will. Carl, I, I love the idea of the Champions League. This I've grown. It's all I've known. And the way that it's structured, at least on paper, I think that's probably pretty good. Like there is representation not. from. It's no, not. no. Just you, like. You don't believe that either because let me land. 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 I'm saying the idea that you call it the Champions League, that's that sounds nice, right? And then the champions from all across Europe in some way meet in this competition. Now, obviously, it doesn't end up like that. Obviously, the champion from Uzbekistan, maybe in Asia, but you know, the champion from Azerbaijan is probably not going to end up playing Real Madrid because they can't get through the qualifying. But just what it says on paper is pretty good. The actual functionality of it is not good. But the idea of it or the ideal of it is nice. And I would like to keep that. However, to have Hope's point earlier, they messed up. And greed will always supersede moral. If we're talking about, again, the hyper-capitalist system that you you talked about explicitly. No, it doesn't. It doesn't have to be this way. We've just had a very big election that proved greed doesn't always have to win. You do not have to accept your lot because the billionaires say you do hope you just talked about you talked about you you're gonna watch you want to watch the best right mm-hmm. which i found really interesting the teams in the super league aren't the best this is chosen on this is chosen on revenue over a certain they're period the of biggest time. but they aren't the best oh no 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 no, right? no, no true. This, like this is for this, this for this yeah if you are about the best right mm-hmm. surely it rankles you that, that, that there is no sort of promotional or no sort of promotion element. There is no way there that... is. You get invited. Yeah, you get invited. Yeah, so but like based that's... off the merit of the season that you've done before, and yeah. then you get invited into the my, yeah, for, my, those, my, for those three spaces, yeah. My issue or five spaces. My issue is mm. there has to be some sort of 
you're not good enough to be in here anymore. Now you have to leave. Yeah. Like, yeah, re- relegation cool. is my only sticking point. Like, I love how it's set up with the 10 and 10 and the top four getting into the quarterfinals. Like, that's dope. The teams that they've put in there, I like the idea. Yeah. But just you know, in jokes on you have it, like, thing, Ar- you know? Arsenal, Spurs, you should earn your place in there. Like, that's just sporting ethics. But Same we're not going. dealing with. But we're not dealing with ethical people, Carl. They have you can buy stock in Juventus. How is that ethical? You can buy stock in United. This no, no, like this is the reality of what football is. What what we've got here is a fundamental club. We've got here not only a fundamental disagreement in how we watch football, but we probably have a fundamental disagreement in how we go about the world. No, 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 no. It's not about the no. It's no, no, no. It's no. It's it's again again. This is I keep I've I've got to keep hamming hammering this this stuff down. I know this is almost like a life thing. There are times when you know you sh- there are things you can do and so forth. But a very important thing in life is assess what is. There is no point in ignoring what is about. No, no, let's fight this. This no, 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 no. You have to take stock, relax with your emotions, and just take time and just say, okay, okay wait, what's going on here? What is going on here is, do you know what the modern club game is? Do you understand what the modern club game is? Do you understand how big football is? As I said previously, this UEFA and the, and the Premier League, you are to blame. You have created, you created this monster. <laughs> you are the guys that created this, this monster here. So these guys have come in and said, can I buy this club? Sure. Are you Sure. Sure. Are you sure? Sure. Thank you. And I can fully own it? Sure. Are you sure? Sure. Thank you. So I can fully own it, which means I can do whatever the heck I want with it. And now the only thing that will stop me is if the majority of the people fight against it. But if 20% call me a loser and so forth, but 80% are with it, I can live with that 20%. And that is, see, and that is the dangerous thing because now we're now going to see, we're now getting into real territory here. The guys that we, that I'm seeing on Sky, BBC, and everything, you're like 20% of the, of the fanship of this club. We don't know what, what the 80% think. We, we don't know because BBC Sky haven't shown us the 80, they've just shown us England's point of view and, and the local fans. But you look out fans, you don't represent the bulk and the majority of the guys who support this club. No, you no, you no, you don't. <laughs> you don't. You're like 20%. The 80% is of this thing called the globe, the world, the world that, that exists. And that is who these guys are appealing to. Now we will now know whether this 80% are gonna mess with this or not. I found that argument contradictory, uh, cynical, and changing the point of blame to parties that do not deserve the point of blame. Okay, So the, pre- so the Premier League and the UEFA are not to blame. I, I don't think the word, I think at this point in time, if anyone should be blamed, it should be the owners of these clubs creating the Super League. And, <laughs> and, and other oh, no, that, I agree. I agree with and, that. And, and, and other that, I think I'm done. So, oh, no, 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 wait, 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 wait. Done it. They're... Of course, they are part of the blame because they did it. So yes, they are part of the blame because they actually did it. But my thing is that this is you have to look wider. Who allowed these owners in? Who created a scenario for these owners in? This can't happen in Germany because in Germany said because Germany know this is what could happen. So that's why they said no, fifty plus plus one. 
you have to go through the supporter side because we don't want what has happened in England and so forth to happen here. Mm. So Premier League and so forth, no, you created this monster. You allowed billionaires who don't understand football, don't really appreciate football, who are just here for the finance to come in and create a situation where they... Or like, when I was watching it, I said, wait a minute. So you realize that this American guy fully owns Arsenal and none of you supporters can do anything? That's wild. <laughs> That's crazy. But who created that scenario? The Premier League. So instead of hitting on Stan Kroenke, hitting the Premier why are you blaming Stan Kroenke for... He didn't just take this illegally. You can do both. You can do both. You can blame the person who's taking advantage, and then you can also blame the person who put in the system where they could do it. True, true. No, you no, can true, walk true. and chew gum at the same time. No, like true, Stan, no. Stan Kroenke is being a... But also the Premier League, where, like those two things can be true at the same time. No, no, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, Dan, they can 100%. You can blame them both, but I put more blame to the Premier League. And the reason why I put more blame to the Premier League is Stan Kroenke is a businessman. He's what he is. How can you blame a man for what he is? He's a businessman. I can so, blame a lot of people for what they are. <laughs> no, 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 I cannot, no, no, because I blame, I put more blame for the Premier League because you've created a scenario where a yeah. businessman can oh, come in you. and have full ownership and do what he wants because he's a businessman. Can I ask, can so, I ask a question that I've been thinking about? Because I got, I've been in a few <laughs> conversations today and it got me thinking. What does, I, I pause to call it socialist, but Perhaps, what does egalitarian football look like? Does it look like the German model where, you know, the fans own 50% or 100%? Like, what, what is a non-exploitative version of football? Like, what would that look like? What is, what is the ideal system that we should be fighting for? for because it, it shouldn't be a, a Super League and it mm. can't be UEFA because we know <laughs> who knows where that money's going. Mm. So well, what should European football look like? where there isn't exploitation of the fan and of the consumer at the root, but actually the preservation of what the football club should be, which is centers of community. What does that look like? And can we get it to that point? Because you, you say we should be fighting, we should be fighting, we should be fighting against, but what are we fighting for? And that's a question that I've been wrestling with, and I don't have a great answer for it, because it does seem like these clubs have to make money <laughs> in order to so how do we get that mentality to switch i mean this is why this is why i keep saying make money for what right make money for what this is notion that the clubs are making money apparently on on sky sports uh, news kavner express one that board members of the of the of the six english clubs spoke off the record and said one another board member said this is first and foremost about revenue and profit and then it's and then the game and improvements to the game will follow right and as far as i'm concerned you should not have people like that at any football club right and hope raised a good point about letting the businessmen come in and the premier league did make failings in its in its fit and proper persons to own a football club when you look at the the, the horrible failures and the people that were allowed to pass those tests, Manchester City's owners, not the current owners, but um, the, the previous owners, uh, and and the people that have been allowed to pass those exams, the, you know, the, the, the fact that you could buy a football club in the United Kingdom, even if you were under a criminal investigation, providing that criminal investigation was in your native homeland rather than in the United Kingdom, is ridiculous. And 
I I agree with you to a point, Hope, when you say I blame the Premier League for stuff. I can I can I can certainly say the Premier League had to exist. Okay, the the formation of the Premier League in nineteen ninety two had to exist because there wasn't a need for a re- rebrand. And at the time, it was very very controversial, and it hasn't always been good, and it hasn't always been perfect. And there's been again mass problems in terms of competitiveness, and there's been a huge lacking of wealth distribution and it's not the most egalitarian and it's not the fairest competition but it's it's the best of a bad bunch it, it's better than other systems it's better than other systems around the world right it's unfortunate even though it's got many 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 failings and things that we are angry about and things and i keep saying things we've complained about in this podcast before 50 plus one is a great starting point i think the phrase of you don't let perfect be the enemy of good i think right now first things first fight the super league with everything you've got right fight the super league with everything you've got and then you know what listen to some old episodes of talking tactics because we've talked about what we can do on this on this podcast we've there was a great episode we, we talked about about how the champions league basically has hollowed out europe's minor leagues so if you're the champion of the hungarian league you, because you qualify for the champions league that one game of champions league qualification makes you better than everyone else in the league and we've spoken about how money needs to be distributed more evenly across the league we've spoken about what could be done in juventus to juventus We've spoken about what can be done with TV broadcast revenue. We've spoken about parachute payments and the championship before. Right? We, you already have an idea of what you need to do. And yeah, the Premier League is not perfect. And yeah, UEFA is not perfect. And yeah, the Champions League is not perfect. And uh, let me say it right now: this new version of the Champions League, the Swiss model of the Champions League, I, I hate that. I think it's, it's so a, bad, bro. I, I think it's a, I think it's a bag of nonsense, right? But these systems, these systems, yeah, they're not great. But we had, we had a vote. There was, in 2015, 2016, Leicester City won the Premier League. Yeah. And that, 5,000 to 1, that wasn't meant to happen anymore. But it, it was amazing. You know, it was, it was, it was, it was, they did, oh, wow, things can, you know, if the stars align and redacted, 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 your team can win the Premier League and that can still work. And then not only did they win the Premier League, not only did they win the Premier League, but because they won the Premier League, they got into the Champions League. Didn't they make and the quarters? They made the quarterfinals of the Champions League, right? Yeah. Remember? They got they got to Atletico Madrid. That's that's good. And that isn't possible with the European with, with the Super League. Well, and that it is, is, that is it's just not possible that way. Like Leicester mm. would have no, to be invited into the five and then they'd have to make not. it through the table there, and there have been, been some very, very good reports from Miguel Delaney in the last couple of years about how that Leicester City title victory basically was another domino in another uh, you know other club board members going, we can't let Leicester happen again. Oh I I think we said that on here too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Leicester I, Leicester I, over City over Arsenal? Nah, y'all done fucked up. Never again, bro. I'd, I'd say, I'd, I'd say, what we what we need to do as football fans. Y'all let some guy named Conte beat us? Nah. What we need to do as football fans is we need to to protest, disrupt, and and make our thoughts very very clear about the Super League. So I say, if you're not a fan of Super League, make that known. Do not accept this. Do not take this lying down. And then do what you can to 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 ultimately defeat the Super League. And if the Super League is defeated, I if you're a fan of those. Six English clubs that were in there. I think you should be asking some very, very serious questions to your ownership. I think you should be writing to your football club right now. I think you should be writing to to the people Charles that Bramovich. you. Yeah, 
<laughs> two but, two but Abramovich's like yacht. This is some bullshit. <laughs> but I will watch. How much is it each month? If your if your football club if your, your football club right now has a contact page, you should write to them. You have the power. You don't you don't have to allow this to happen. You can switch off. No, no. I, but, I told but, you. I told you. Right I've, I've said this. Right. You, you keep going and you keep going and you keep going and you keep going. And they'll keep throwing it in the trash. But okay. So. I'll keep going. Not what are your questions? Paper. No, no, no. My thing though is two questions to call it is if I Emails watch this and I you know I buy the subscription and so forth, does that make me bad? Ooh. No, I, I, I don't question. I don't think I don't think bad is the right word for it. I, I think if you if you right now are you complicit if you watch, Carl? I, I don't think complicit is the word. I think I'm gonna be very careful with my words here. Mm-hmm. I think don't get fired. If, if you are a football fan who is concerned about the game and is concerned about the way the game is going and, and believes that football is on some level about competition and is about hope, then I don't I well, I don't think you can watch the Super League in, in sound knowledge. If if you watch football for reasons including A, B, C, I don't think you can watch the Super League. And and look. Top level football, or what you what you've been told is top level football, is really really attractive. Okay, where there we are about to watch possibly a Champions League semi final between Paris Saint Germain and Manchester City. That has very ethical, you know, some ethical complications to it. We are about to go to we are about to go to a World Cup in Qatar that apparently, according to UN reports, six and a half thousand people have died making those stadiums. I understand there is no such thing as ethical consumption in capitalism. You have a choice and you can say no. And I, I, I would very much encourage you that if you believe in certain things about football, if, you, if, football is, if football for you is about the things that more than a club, is about the things that this means more, is about things like glory and trophies and spirit and community, if those things are important to you, then you should feel i want you to feel empowered and i want you to feel as if you're allowed to say no and if your answer is you know what actually i just want to watch the best football players in the world play against the best football players in the world as many times as possible you can watch the super league but also understand there are people out there that aren't going to do it and will go why are you watching the super league and if you're and your answer should be because i like watching it and that that's enough you know i i like mike tyson I'm really uncomfortable with that fact. I'm aware of his crimes. I'm aware that he was a victim of those crimes. But when people say, why do you continue to listen to what Mike Tyson says? I say, you know what? I like him and I find him interesting. And I can dress it up as much in this and this and this and this and that. But the core of it is, I like Mike Tyson. (laughs) I feel the same way about Kanye West. I feel the same way when I drink Coca-Cola products. I feel the same way when I I eat Nestle products. I feel the same way when I use... Coke is bad for you. Quit it. It actually, yeah. Look, look. Like I said, you, you're black, thing. bro. You're black. Diabetes is killing mm. us, man. Trust, trust me, man. Drop it, man. Like I did, it was hard, but drop it. Drop coke, man. You're allowed to say. <laughs> you're allowed to slight, say you slight like, intervention there. Yeah. You're allowed to say you like something, and that should be reason enough to partake on it, even if it does come covered in complications. But also, 
I think you should always be aware that the thing you enjoy comes covered in complications and to pretend that it doesn't come covered in complications, um, you, you do yourself and people around you a disservice. Can I add one thing? And I can't call it hypocritical yet, but all these people who are out here talking about, I'm not going to watch the Super League. This is an abomination. The game is gone. I can't believe it. What's happening? If in two, three, four years, your club ends up in the Super League and you're sitting here watching on Tuesday, Thursday, Wednesday nights, oh, you're watching the Super League. Or if Half Hope has his stream or if Carl writes his little article or whatnot, if he chooses to, um, about the Super League, am I within my right to call you hypocritical? Like, don't come out here so hard against the thing and then partake in it. You can you can call them hypocritical, but also you need to be ready if people say, you know what, this and this and this and this and this. Oh no, of course, of course. Also, hypocritical. Hypocrit- hypocrit- so this is the, this is the real difficult thing about this conversation is because everyone's moving in self interest. Everyone wants money, and everyone is not prepared to give money to not prepared to take less money in order so everyone gets all of the money. Even Karl Marx had to work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he, oh, he was a, a wage I, slave, so like let's I've, not act like I'm people not, don't have to get their money to I'm live not, in the system. I've been tweeting a lot about my thoughts on the Super League, and someone went, "Well, I'm going to assume you're going to be boycotting it, and then boycott the athletic if they if they choose to cover it." And I went, "Well, you're going to pay my rent. <laughs> you you better start that GoFundMe, bro." <laughs> <laughs> you it, it, it's it's the thing of I've, I've thought about this. Like I was listening to a few podcasts earlier. And like you hear these like gambling advertisements. I was like, so we got podcasts and YouTube shows who are like, hey, yo, here's a subscription off this gambling site. Four to one this, five to one that, seven to one this, first goal score. Oh, the can you believe that these teams are uh doing things for money? It's like, bro, you're participating in the gambling industry, like right before you said that sentence. We all have a line of like, I'm not willing to cross that, but I'll cross this one. Like, I've decided I don't play R. Kelly anymore because of the foul things that he's done. But if you check my iTunes, you might see Miles Davis. You might see James Brown. You might see Marvin Gaye. Even though they have their own issues that somebody would be like, uh-uh, I can't I can't mess with that. That's a, that's a step too far. Mm-hmm. We all have the lines in the sand that we're willing to cross and ones that we aren't. And this is another line in the sand. Like, is this your stop on the train or do you keep going with it? And we'll just have to see. Now, Half Hope, do you want to say anything else? Because we have five minutes, and there is one big story that we need to get to quickly. Oh, no. Oh. You know what? Let's just save it for next week. I'll come back next week and we'll do it. Cool. All right. Yeah. Oh, man. Uncle Uncle Wu, man. <laughs> we got you know what? It's, it's perfect to talk about it next week because we'll have the cup final to talk about in relation to it. Mm. So if they win, it's good. If they lose, it's good. So... This has been the Super League episode, whatever. Um, thank you guys for listening. Have Hope, where can people find you online? Halfhopefootballerhot.com. Carl, where can people find you? Where do you work at? Uh, my name's Carl Anker. I write for The Athletic. Uh, Marcus Rashford's book, You Are a Champion, is out May 27th. Yes, sir. I'm Daniel. So look, this has been the Talk Detectives podcast. We thank you guys for following. There were no questions this week because you, you guys know what this is going to be. Yeah, so. Yeah. We will we will we'll take your questions and everything next week. So no, no, Twitter, I, I, Instagram, I, 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 Facebook. There, there was one really good one, but maybe we'll, we'll take it out because I know someone sent actually a really interesting one. Oh I no! Was, I, that, was like, like on the on the Patreon, somebody left like a, a bunch of good questions that we'll definitely mm, get into. So yeah, 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 we'll yeah, this was just get some stuff off your chest today. I hope we did that. But yeah, follow us on Twitter, follow us on Instagram. We're on Spotify. If you're on Apple Podcast, subscribe. It's free. Leave us a five star review, and we'll read it on the show. 
Talking Tactics Podcast. Sometimes funny. Sometimes serious, but it's always about football. Indeed. No, no to the speak. Super League. <laughs> <laughs> peace, peace, peace. Peace up. Sports Social Podcast Network.